Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Hey there. Welcome to Nick Pollock and Friends, where I talk to people I know and who you should know. Today, we're talking to Ray Murphy of Baseball HQ. Ray, it is an absolute honor to bring back Nick Pollock and Friends with you. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, I am thrilled to be here, Nick. Thanks for uh, bringing it back with me. And I know you and I have talked about doing this for... Way too long now. Yeah, so a I'm, long time. I have to finally get finally uh, connect, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and uh, I have one very serious question. I see right now you're sitting down with your headset on as you do this. Are you going to be like Brent, who decided to pace around um, as he did it, providing me a wonderful experience? Something that, like, I, I you know, I've done a lot of these, and it was a very remarkable one for me. I loved it, and it just kind of showed the comfort that Brent had which is just saying a lot to me. That's like, that's like how people show respect to me is that their comfortability uh, around me. So I hope that you have some equivalent today. Sadly, my headset today is tethered. My uh, oh. my Bluetooth one is uh, charging. So I think my mobility is rather limited today. Oh, well, maybe maybe we can make Brent uh, lend you his uh, for the future. But uh, before we begin, I mean, let's just really go over uh, the beginnings of Ray Murphy um, and... I, uh, you know, just where did you grow up? What were your dreams and aspirations when you were a kid? Jeez, I grew up uh, in the suburbs of uh, New York City in Westchester County um, as a child of the, uh, you know, born in the 70s, you know, sentient in the 80s kind of thing. So, uh, hmm. you know, my m- many of my early baseball memories are around New York baseball. I was in a uh, divided Yankees Mets household. Um, which was uh, entertaining, and but now I live in Boston, and, and I'm a uh, you know through and through Red Sox fan. So the ba- the baseball origin story is mine is both unusual and complicated. Yeah, I remember you did the uh, the blind co manager draft with us for PitchCon, and your background was Fenway. Yes, and yes. I wasn't too thrilled about that personally. <laughs> you know. Whatever you said, go off on the tangents. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm just kidding you know, around. No, no, that's no you, interesting. You 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 stirred the pot, so now you get now you get the payoff, right? Now there it the is, right? Um, so you know, it, it's actually a fairly long and uh, complicated story, and I Please. That you're you're gonna feel guilty about digging into a next just <laughs> to make you make make you feel guilty. Um, as mentioned, um, you know, born and raised uh, outside of New York City father grandfather and all were yankee fans i was you know that, that that's my that's me genetically right um and but my uh my sister and my kid brother were um defectors who became met fans and you know in the mid late 80s you know being a met fan was a pretty good thing to be right um, you know as opposed to a uh, sure, relatively yeah. suffering yankee fan it's one of the only times in uh, <laughs> you know new york baseball history where the you know met fans you know had you know some things to gloat about over yankee fans um so i left new york in the early 90s to go to college and i moved up here to boston and for a while i hung on to my new york baseball um affiliations um and of course in any divided new york baseball household the pinnacle event is the 2000 world series right um oh absolutely you know when we when we get to the subway series um, yeah, four one yankees how could i forget how could you forget um I, true story i was in the ballpark uh the night of, at the right? stadium, game five. Um, oh wow uh, th- that was a th- that was the end of new york baseball for me as the events that got me into the ballpark that night were closely related to the fact that my kid brother, the Met fan who I needled for years and years and years had actually passed away earlier in 2000 during that season. And then, so that whole subway series ended up being sort of the, you know, would have been the pinnacle event in the household and yeah. he wasn't there for it. And I kind of walked out of the stadium that night after seeing the Yankees win the world series, which I should have been thrilled about and was kind of instead, you know, 
of mixed emotions about. And, sure. then, a, and then a year later, when uh, you know Mario, Mariana Rivera gave up the bloop to Luis Gonzalez. Don't know what you're talking uh, about. Never in happened. Arizona. Yeah, you, that never happened, right? But a year later, I kind of realized, you know, I didn't really care. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, that was, I, I had kind of seen the pinnacle of New York baseball, right? The Subway Series right, was the right. thing I, like, you know, sort of lived my whole life for, you know, for, in, a, in, a, in a baseball perspective. And, you know, on a parallel track to all of this, I am living in Boston. I've married a Boston girl, and she is, you know, reminding me that, you know, you can do what you want, but, you know, your kid's going to be a Red Sox fan, so, you know, you might as well get on board. And I'm like, yeah, hey, you make a fairly good point, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Look, so that, I, that's kind of how we got from A to B to C, and, you yeah. know, I understand that, you know, that particular change of allegiance is – um, you know, not allowed, just canonical. No, that's right? allowed. That's, that's carved in stone tablet. But I, I, I feel like I sort of have a unique enough path there that, you know, what I share, people are like, all right, well, at least I'm not going to give a shit for that because, you know, you just kind of depressed me. So Yeah. Uh, man, Ray Murphy, um, a couple things. First and foremost, I'm really sorry to hear about your uh, your brother. Um, I know it's removed, but still that's, that's you know, uh, that must have been very hard at the time. So I'm really sorry to hear about that. Thank you. Uh and uh, second of all, uh, we don't curse on this show, so I'm going to have to bleep that out. Ah! Uh, third, <laughs> third of all, um, you actually brought up something that I, I try and talk about a lot on, on the streams that I do, where I, I mean, I'm a Yankee fan. I like to like, sit, cool, I'm a Yankee fan. That's great. But uh, I, it's funny. I don't really feel like a Yankee fan. And what I mean by that is I want them to win, but I'm not, I mean, like when I was a kid, I, I knew every single player on the team. I knew every Every stat, every game, everything, I followed it. I'm a baseball fan now. Yeah. And I've also realized in life and kind of how I run Pitcher List is, and I actually Baseball HQ is very much the same way, of how you guys have your discussions are not in the typical like alpha bro way that sports is normally assigned to. And what I've seen is that those that will tell you, like that will gatekeep essentially. Um, you know, people trying to say like what you can and can't do, who can you root for and stuff. That's a ridiculous idea. You know, you had this, had this really important reason why you are a Red Sox fan, which makes all the sense in the world. Absolutely. That's the right thing for you to do. Do that, you know, and anyone that would give you anything for that, that's just ridiculous. Um, and I'm really happy that you made that switch. And, uh, you know, we uh, we allow ourselves to have this, um, you know, this excuse or this vent of sports to allow us to be more emotionally worse as humans and treat each other poorly. And I don't agree with that whatsoever. So you will not get anything from me, Ray, um, about that whatsoever. And, I'm, and you, you make a lot of good points, Nick, and I appreciate it. And, you know, I, I, I share your perspective of baseball fan first. You know, I was sitting here in this you know chair in this office this afternoon and I had the uh, Twins and Mariners game on for several mm-hmm. innings. And, oh, yeah, right. Know, yeah. I, I, I might put the Red Sox and Braves on tonight because, you know, that sounds like a good game. But, mm-hmm. you know, if I find something more compelling on – on the streams, I will click over or, you know, put on what captures my fantasy team Absolutely. or my, the picture I want to see, or you know, I've been often, I'm not the only person in this country who's been watching an awful lot of the Reds every chance I get the last few yeah, weeks. Right? Right? You know, <laughs> you know, I, you know I, I'm searching for fun and fun could be found in uh, any different ballpark on any given night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and when you understand how good these pitchers could be, what they're trying to do, all oh, the beauty of baseball is there, but we all know that. Um, so that's interesting to hear those origins, of course, of you becoming a Red Sox fan. And you're in upstate New York growing up. I'm so sorry. I have to say it once. It is my blood to be able to have to say that. Up in Westchester is not upstate. I understand. But I have to say it once. I apologize. We move on. Um, but I, so you grew up there. What were your aspirations of, say, 10 year old Ray Murphy? 10-year-old Ray Murphy was, like, wanted to throw the best wiffle ball curveball he could. I think. <laughs> wiffle ball specifically. <laughs> specifically, yeah. I'm actually, uh, funny story, I'm actually going to uh, Fenway next week with my former next-door neighbor from uh, growing up in New York who lives in Montana now, of all places, and he's flying hmm. with uh, with his kids, and we're, we're going to a Red Sox game, but we, you know, he's the first one that comes to mind with, you know, playing wiffle ball in the backyard or inventing, uh, you know, inventing various uh, home run derby games or whatever, you know, but who has aspirations at 10 beyond, like, you know, Yeah, of course. Who, I mean, where's my that, nearest like, ice cream cone, right? You know? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> but, okay, fine, so that's, let's say it's high school for you, uh, yeah. or maybe it's college for you. Like, what were you thinking uh, you'd be doing? Yeah, I was always drawn to um, 
math and numbers and data. And um, I, I remember my father bringing home a IBM personal computer from work in like, you know, some stupid early time, like 1983. And like, my oh, wow, was blown, right? Yeah, you know, he, he worked in you know computers early on and, you know, had a computer in the house you know years before anybody else not that you could connect to the internet or do anything cool like mm-hmm. that but you know um you know I, I i saw a spreadsheet before probably anybody else my age right and they just you know i locked in on that on that stuff pretty early and you know took a long time to figure out what i wanted to do with fit but it was always somewhere in the math computers tech space and hey i found a way to marry that with baseball which is you know pretty cool yeah, there you go how did, but how did you manage to do that? Like, okay, here you're in high school. Uh, where'd you go to college? I went, uh, I moved up to Massachusetts and went to college at uh, College of the Holy Cross, which is in uh, mm. Worcester, Massachusetts, out yeah. in the center of New England there. Um, I feel like I played baseball against them. I don't know. There are a lot of, well have. yeah, it's possible. Uh, uh, obviously, I had a much better field than we did because everyone did. Um <laughs> But I, but so were you uh, mathematics or uh, yeah, economics was math or anything? Yeah, math and There you go. Yep. And I uh, yeah, minored in that here. Uh, yeah. Do you have any sort of ridiculous Ray Murphy in college stories for us? Um, no. Nothing. You you were just like, all right, I'm going to the books. This is a thing. Oh, and God, I'm no. just kind of. No, I was you know, yeah. a, a mediocre at best student who was you know, <laughs> distracted by, you know, distracted by, um, in all honesty, um, of all the vices you can get into in college, the one that probably cost me more grade points than anything else was video games. Oh yeah, which ones? <laughs> um, you know, it was the '90s, so it was uh, you know NHL hockey '93 and '94, sure. and you know the um, the EA Sports college football. I have fond memories of, and you yeah. know, th- that era of all of the. Uh, but it was always sports, sports games for you. Sports, yep, absolutely sports all games the way through. So like when NFL blitz hit, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, hundred percent. This is yeah. this is something else. Oh yeah, I, I'm I often make reference to Sub Zero and Da Bomb. Those are my two favorite NFL blitz plays by far. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Without without a doubt. And then you can also just run the QB to the right and the yeah. right. There was that basketball uh, game where you was a double dribble where you could you know drain three pointers like, you know, all freaking day long from like one spot on the floor. That was like Yeah, that was a fun yeah, of course spot, NBA you know? jam and stuff too. Yeah, totally. All that stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's, uh, that's great. All right, cool. Now. Yeah, so that, that was your, your general advice in uh in college and yeah, I mean, I was a computer science minor. Um, I understand a little bit. I had to do MIT Scheme. This was a database and structures class that I had to do to get my minor. This was the bane of my existence, this class. Uh, and MIT Scheme, I imagine a lot of programmers or people who are involved in this that are listening to this and go, I have no idea what that is. Right. It's a, it's supposed to be made as a tutorial language because you can't like search for answers online. We only oh, have like a printout sure. manual. Yep. So I remember actually... The moment I knew that I wasn't going to do this, because I thought I was really going to pursue this. I was really into it. I I, I love like the problem solving of, of writing code. And I have a lot of things I want to create. I have like, I wanted to achieve certain things with it and have like the, the tools to be able to come, you know, make those come to fruition. Sounds so great. So I took this class and I did MIT scheme and I had one homework assignment where I knew the way that they wanted me to do it was with some recursion and all this kind of stuff. And I realized, though, I can make a much simpler program with fewer lines of code if I was able to do a not. As long as it's not this, then it do this, right? But in, I couldn't find in the manual where the not was. Like, I, I just did not know. And I couldn't look this up. I couldn't do it. I spent eight hours skimming through this until I eventually found one example that had a symbol I didn't know, which was the not bang. So it was just an exclamation point. That's yeah. all I needed to do. And I was like, I can't, I can't live like this. <laughs> This is not for me. Hey, yeah. You know, that, that's what, you know, a huge part of what college is, is not always figuring out what you want to do with the rest of your life, but, you know, rule right? a couple of things out, right? Oh, my gosh. So, this, so that was that was my life in computer science. I mean, like, it, it taught me a lot of, like, I knew CSS and HTML wasn't intimidated by it. I knew kind of, like, the grammar of generic computer programming, not necessarily the phrase for each language, but it's all generally similar. Um, you know, classes and objects and everything like that and brackets and closing them and, you know, just the general rules of it. And that allowed me to make WordPress websites and stuff moving forward. But I, uh, so I'm not intimidated by code. It's just, uh, um, couldn't do it. It's, I, I applaud you. 
uh, I, for doing I, his any degree. I, you're giving me more credit. I, I think <laughs> my my skill set is actually quite similar to the level you're describing right now. Okay. All right. Well, so then here you are. You're in college, and here you are now, um, one of the major players at, at Baseball HQ. What happens next from college? Yeah. So you know, at college, I you know started a you know started out in the computer industry for a few years, and then somewhere around, I've got a plaque on my desk here that I can you know, um, <laughs> reference for dates here that, um, Ron Chandler actually gave out, um, out on, uh, one anniversary or another, but it says at the bottom of it's baseball HQ Ray Murphy since 1999. So That's I got out of college in 94 and it was by 99. Then I, uh, I, I had hooked up with Ron at baseball HQ. And I know that I tried earlier than that because he rejected my application the first time. So um, <laughs> when was you know, that? It took, it took, took it to the second time before he actually, uh, <laughs> got, you know, thought, thought I actually could hack it. So, sure. and I was a subscriber before that. So I found mm-hmm. HQ, you know, working backwards probably by, 97 or something like that. I was a subscriber. I tried to apply. I got rejected. I tried to apply again. Finally, yeah. he let me write for the site. And that was, you know, that was 1999. And I started out as the, uh, I, I was hired as uh, the writer to write about internet leagues because it was such a foreign concept that you would play against, <laughs> you know, 11 strangers online rather than like your 11 buddies from college or whatever, yeah. and, you know, whatever the different strategies or experiences would be along with that. I had played in, you know, ESPN leagues or whatever before that. And so therefore that was my, going to be my niche for Ron. Sure. It just grew from there. So into now Brent and I we all run the site. That That's so amazing. Um, and those five years, though, like here you're fresh out of college. Like, what was your first job? Um, my so my technical day job background is in software quality assurance. So I, I was testing computer software. Mm-hmm. Getting back to your point about coding, I was yeah, QA you know, stuff. Yeah, I, I was not the coder. I was the you know skim the code and you know test it and you know try to figure out ways to break it and you know figure out where the um, where the gaps were or mm-hmm. where, how, how, how you could actually get it to do something you didn't want it to do. Um, so that was kind of where my background was, you know, where my first jobs were and, you know, my career has but then, yeah, so, shifted so 15, doing... 20 degrees in one direction or another since then. But, yeah. uh, you know, still in the, you know, technology, but not actually writing code all day. Right. So, I mean, so, okay, so 94, you graduate college and you get a job um, doing uh, this kind of QA stuff as you're talking about. Um, and uh, then while doing that, you're involved in, in fantasy baseball. You come across Baseball HQ. You send not one, but two applications to Ron Chandler. Uh, and by the second one, you uh, he brings you in to write about just kind of what it's like to play on the internet these days. Uh, so... I mean, you must look back at yourself that when you started Baseball HQ, or I started at it, and where you are now doing this. Um, what are the like the major shifts in maybe just philosophy of working there uh, that you've seen from yourself? You know, it's interesting because a fair amount of the people still that I work with at HQ now were there before me or right after me. You know, it's yeah. uh, you know we've certainly grown and grown to staff and it's shifted over time but yeah you know, there are a fair amount of people who have you know 15 20 20 plus years oh absolutely you know, on the staff um yeah. so do we work exactly the same way we used to no not at all mm-hmm. um but it's you know a lot of you know i, I sort of know that there's a there's a rhythm an unspoken language to a lot of it. You know, that someone's going to pop up in the third week of February every year and be ready to, you know, contribute his five articles until the start of the season. And they're sure. highly anticipated articles. So you, you know, you want to be sure they're coming, but you know, they always do because right. you know, the guy's been doing it since the beginning of time. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, there's some stuff that like that, that works all the time and, you know, is, um, you know, well-received, but then there's also the challenge of, you know, moving the ball forward and keeping it new and fresh. And sometimes that is new people with new ideas. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm always amazed by, you know, I I feel like I'm not the most creative person around, but I'm sometimes I'm amazed by how many people who have been doing the same thing for a long time can come up with that new spin on it or the new metric or the new, how did I never think to combine these two things before into the list of, you know, the list of combining, you know, I'll use Patrick Davidoff off the top of my head. Um, 
you know, combining hard hit rates and contact rates and, you know, coming up with a whole new metric about that. I'm like, that's just yeah. brilliant PD. How did we ever think of this before? <laughs> I mean, this was you know, yeah. a few years ago at this point, but, you know, stuff like that just falls out of the sky from, you know, as likely to come from an old voice as a new, as it is a new voice. And I think that's incredibly cool. I can't sit here and say that's happening because I personally am doing anything right, but I feel like, you know, whatever we're doing, we're somehow fostering an environment where that stuff happens. And I deeply appreciate it. So my, 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 my overall ethos is to like not break what's working. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, one thing that's certainly not breaking, uh, and you're, you're doing such a great job with, um, is first pitch Arizona, which I mean, it's how I guys, I know Ray Murphy and, and Brent and really how I got to know you guys personally. Uh, it is the best. Uh, I've already had my flight booked, uh, for, uh, for November. I believe it's November 2nd through November 5th this year. Is that right? November 2nd through 5th. Yes, indeed. You are actually. Oh, I got the, it. You're, I'm, you're, I'm the you're best ahead one of me for you. Because I don't have my flight booked, but that's on my post it note on my desk. I, I know what flight I'm taking. I've looked at them. I just mm. have not booked. So I need to get on that. But, but yeah, yeah, it was it was an event I, like, I went to 2019 for the first time, and I cannot express how it's just the highlight of the year. Uh, the, essentially if you're in the fancy baseball community at all, if you want to meet any one inside of it, we all go there. It's our way of just seeing everybody and having the best time for a weekend. Uh, everybody is so accessible and just wants to talk about the same thing that you want to talk about. Um, and Ray and Brent do such a great job organizing it all. Um, uh, it's really just a pure joy. I mean, anything else you want to really talk about Arizona? Yeah. You know, I, I appreciate the kind words and it is very much, in line with what we were just talking about where Brent and I got sort of handed this creation from mm-hmm. Rick Wilton and Ron Chandler that dates back to you know, roughly the same time frame we're talking about. I think the, the origin story of First Pitch Arizona is in 1994, Rick and Ron wanted to find an excuse to go out to the Arizona Fall League to watch some guy named Michael Jordan yeah. play out there. Right. Um, and they had like 13 speakers and five paid attendees or something like that. Um, but it's, <laughs> it obviously took hold from there. And I really do feel like it's, um, you know, basically a trust that has been handed to us to foster because, you know, it, it already had this ethos that you're talking about of all of these voices from this industry come and are collaborative, not competitive and share their best work and build on each other's ideas and, that was already baked in and that is so much a part of what makes it the unique and incredibly enjoyable event that it is. And again, my, my ethos there is kind of, you know, make sure that stays in place. And in terms of, you know, building out the program every year and trying to, you know, give, give, there are so many incredible voices in this community now and trying to give as many of them a, a, a space to contribute and show their work as we can. And you do that. And then the attendees just follow because clearly the word gets out. We're, uh, you know, obviously had a couple, couple of bumpy years with uh, COVID times, you know, we didn't do it in right. 2020 and then 2021 was sort of a tentative step back. You know, we got there, but it was, uh, it was a little bit scaled back. Uh, last year was kind of the first year we were sort of full bore. And this year, I think uh, we're on, you know, it's early yet, but we're on pace for um, a really robust registration. And uh, we, That's do have great. A, we do have a deadline coming up. Uh, our best price, uh, best current price of 379 for the weekend is good through the end of this month, which is the 31st, which is what, next Tuesday? So next Monday, I guess. Tuesday's the trade deadline. I got to keep those separate. <laughs> <laughs> so before the trade deadline, make sure you yes. register for Arizona. Um, but no, it's um, Brent and I are deep, get, getting pretty deep into planning the uh, weekend sessions right now. And there are just so many good ideas coming into our inbox from, you know, people like yourself who are like, Hey, I would love to come and talk about this. I'd love to. Come I will. I mean, that. I'll just talk anything about starting pitching. Just get me on there. Totally. I, yeah. I will. I will shout it from the, the desks. Otherwise, but no, no, Alex Reyes, get out of here. <laughs> Alex Absolutely Reyes not. Some time during the weekend. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I really cannot emphasize it enough. If you're on the fence about it, just do it and you'll never regret it. Uh, I, it, it truly is. I think for me, just inside the industry, I uh, transformed me and you guys gave me an opportunity to be on a stage in front of all those people, which was such a great thing. So I can't thank you guys enough for that. Hey, um, thank you. You and, killed it. That's well, 
We knew I mean, you would, it's, but <laughs> I, I, it's, it's kind of you to say that. But uh, I, I say it often, like me doing a presentation with Enosaurus about pitch modeling. Are you joking? Uh, that was something that blew my mind uh, beyond belief. And I uh, just it's just such a fun time, guys. Um, we are up late as well. There, there's like there's all this stuff that goes on. It's awesome. Um, you'll see Justin Mason in his swimsuit. OK, just just come. It's a great time. It's the best. Uh, and uh, I just can't thank again, uh, Rent and uh, Rent and Barry. Oh, my gosh. Brent and Ray for uh, <laughs> for uh, for, you know, uh, making me a part of it. And I uh, just continually making such a great event. Um, so sign up today. Where can they sign up uh, for the event? Yeah, just head over to uh, BaseballHQ.com uh, right on the homepage there over uh, on the right side. A little bit down the page is a big old orange and red logo for First Pitch Arizona with, you know, full of desert colors and everything. Just click on the logo <laughs> and uh, that'll get you to the sign up page. Again, uh, you know, we got a registration um, a price deadline of uh, July 31st to get the best price. If you can't decide until after July 31st, since that's just a few days away, uh, we will still have registration open. It's just that the, the price goes up every couple of weeks as we try to uh, lock in our numbers as early as we can. So uh, if you need to debate or negotiate at home or whatever it is, you've got time to do that if uh, if July 31st doesn't work. But if you want to save 50 bucks or so, July 31st is your deadline. There we go. Awesome. Uh, so we have a lot more to talk about with Ray um, about his suggestions for everybody entering the business and what you know maybe some stories about the uh, the most difficult times at Baseball HQ and how he found solutions to fix it among other things about Ray like maybe your favorite movie music uh, your mantras all that stuff we're gonna talk about all of that after this break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, we're back. So uh, it's Ray Murphy here, and I... Ray, I, I got to ask, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time with Baseball HQ, and I'm sure you've seen a lot when it comes to just changes of how the site is structured, the things that you guys do. Um, and I'm sure there have been lots of moments that have been very difficult uh, in some fashion that you were able to find a way through because you guys are doing great right now. But as with all these things, it's there are a lot of ups and downs and many times it's two steps forward, one step back. Um, what comes to mind as like one of the more difficult things and how you guys got through that? Say for yeah, COVID. Is, COVID's the easy one. COVID's the easy okay. one, right? All right. Um, you know, mentally, though, I'm not sure. You know, we can work in reverse chronological order, right? Yeah. Um, COVID was tough, but, you know, I, maybe I had a little better perspective on that from the global calamity perspective. Sure, yeah. You know, of it, that, but the, the lockout last year, I actually took harder. Like, I was just – yeah. You know, utterly outraged by that, that me like, too you know you know that that these guys are you know because it was such a self-inflicted wound compared to the pandemic right they, they mm-hmm. could shut down the entire offseason and jeopardize you know we're the guppies around the shark of mlb right just yeah, you know, right, picking right. off our little scraps and like they could you know do that kind of thing to us just you know my mood was just yeah it was it was here's someone else in charge days. You know, we felt so out of control of it. And like, yeah. we're trying to do this amazing thing. And this stupidity yeah. is ruining all like, of us. And it, it they're, was, they're not going to, they're not going to torpedo the whole season, right? They're not going to torpedo the whole season. It was right? so bad. Just, uh, now just, in, in, I uh, to be positive here, how great has it been? Uh, 2023 has been a, a normal season. I actually saw on Google trends, the search terms of fantasy baseball, which I assume were just always, just going to be a downward trend forever. Um, are actually above 2019 now. Are they really? That's awesome. Yes. And I, that shocked me. I thought it would be actually the reverse of like kind of declining, 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 coming way back in that way. And it's about dang time that we got a full season. Hopefully you guys are seeing something like that. 
Um, yeah, full, and, you know, full season yeah. helps for sure. And, you know, you read all this, you know, I, I hadn't checked the Google trends like you're saying, but you start to see all these other numbers about ratings being up and, yeah. you know, how much the, um, you know, pace of play changes seem to actually be having the An desired effect, yeah. effect with the casual right. fan. I mean, you know, it's a, you know, going back to the frustration with, um, from the lockout, it's about time that the game actually did something to help us out. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Throw us a bone for crying imagine, imagine me here. Who's like, Oh, 2019, I'm finally like getting my big bump up yeah, to actually totally. being something. And then here's COVID here's yeah. a delay in 2021. Here's lockout. Like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, mean, oh, I, I oh. totally get it. For me. And I, you know, more than I, I don't even want to sit here and say I can relate to that because you know it's a I mean, little bit different operating a you know an established thirty year old business with a customer base that had basically you know it, the plus side for us was that you know when when the world shut down we were ninety plus percent through our sales cycle right. I mean, oh, we that's interesting, about, right? Because, we were worried about yeah. having to give out like refunds and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, right. Or, but everyone, I'm sure, know, was free one year extensions. Right? But you know, the money was in the bank already, so yeah, you know, yeah, I get it that. was a little less of a you know uh, you know startup sweat like you were having. Sure. Right? Yeah, I mean, right, because you are more of uh, basically HQ is a subscriber focused site, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, th- don't get me wrong. I was actually very fortunate. I launched PL Plus in February of that year. So we actually did have some already, yep. uh, and that actually s- helped us survive 2020 and make it okay. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it was ad traffic at the time, uh, yeah, and totally. and that was like oh, <laughs> yeah. that was that was something else. But that's another. I, I digress. I, I'm thinking more of just kind of like problems that you wouldn't really expect from the outside that people would uh, would really think would be going on. I've got I've got a good one for you. Actually, uh, I couldn't tell you how long ago it was. Now it has to be. 10 years or so ago, um, think about the process of producing the baseball forecaster. And, yeah. you know, we go and, you know, it, it's an incredible sprint over the course of six or eight weeks in the fall where mm-hmm. we, you know, literally the day after the season ends, we burp out, um, you know, for those who have seen them already, the, the player pages from baseball HQ, where there's like, you know, seven guys a page, hundred pages or so of players. We burp out the stats. We write the commentaries over the course of those six or eight weeks. And then we refine the projections, right? So you can imagine a process where the site burps out all of those pages and we spool them out to the writers. And we use, you know, this 10 years ago, but we were, we were already using, you know, some file sharing program. It was Dropbox or Google Drive or something like that. Right. And we put all the pages out there and, you know, the writers, you know, not totally willy nilly, but kind of willy nilly all working in different places at different times. And somebody on the staff accessed the drive. Oh no. Don't tell me when you know, with with, with a malware infected computer. And, the Russian spyware came in and, you know, they're like, <laughs> we want three Bitcoin to unlock your files. And I'm like, oh, my God. Are you oh, wait. Okay. Me? So hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. So you got ransomware. Yeah. We right. Got, we so totally they, got so what they did, let me, let me, I know exactly what happened. They deleted all of it, right? They didn't actually have it. You didn't pay them. Did no, you? we didn't pay them. Right. But we were, we were, we were able to undo it with no damage, but, you know. Oh, is that right? A, yeah. Oh, that's great. Because it was, at, just because it was actually on you know, Dropbox or Google Drive or whatever it was, like in version control, we were able yeah, to revert yeah. revert the versions on all the files and get back oh, the man. last file. What a terror was. that would have been, though, yeah, right? But, but it was, you know, it was twelve hours of you know absolute terror. I don't know if we're even going to have a book. You know, <laughs> we'll never. Yeah. Oh my back. gosh. Well, you know, it was that, that was a night I did not sleep until you know we realized that you know, know four a.m. we could actually just oh yeah you just change version ten to version nine and then you know it's unlocked you're fine just copy it yeah. over to, to a new file and you're good. But it was, oh my uh, gosh. you know, 10 years later, I still carry the, the, uh, the, the terror of those 12 hours or so. You know, Ray, I had a very similar experience. Uh, I don't know if you knew this or I bet you weren't even aware of pitcher gifts or pitcher list um, back in like 2016. But uh, in 2000, in that year, 2016, I essentially launched pitcher gifts in 2014, 2015, it became pitcher list when after MLB shut us down in 2014. And then that off season... I actually, um, through my other job, I found someone who was like, you know, uh, savvy and everything like that and like could develop websites and stuff. And I told him what I did and he was really involved in it. It's like, oh man, I would love to build you something different and like better so you can do all this stuff. I'm like, really? Like, that'd be amazing. And he goes, yeah, no, this sounds like such a fun project. Let me do this. 
starts doing it. It's and he, it does it like 30% of the way. So uh, it doesn't like the entire 2016 season. It's just really bad and it's worse and everything like that. Front end looks fine, but in the back end has all these missing WordPress features that I need. But the thing is, he built it on an independent database called MongoDB yep. instead of and uh, with Laravel PHP is what he did. And I uh, so here I am. I'm literally getting on the flight to Vienna from Brussels, and I just load up the pictureless page. And I see that the site is down. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But then I see that it is showcasing my admin login. Oh God! Like on the on the you know uh, gateway not found page, it's just like all yeah, this random yeah. code. But then it shows like my login, and I go, what? Like oh, how do no. I? I'm like, and I'm getting on the flight, and I'm like messaging him, being like, what's going on? I got you know fix this now, and I'm like entire flight freaking out about this i land yeah. i finally see my sister for the first time in years and i'm like i'm so sorry i got it i got to focus on this my, my whole thing apparently i uh, there was in mongodb uh, the they figured out what the you know the default admin password was yeah and they were able to access that through sites so there was this whole wave of people doing ransomware yeah. they would go in delete the entire database but then just put it in a text file saying like put give me this bitcoin and i'll give it back to you and i was like dude I don't have money. I have no, no money. I'm not that site. And the guy literally responded back and said, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. No, I deleted it. <laughs> you know, I was just like, dude. So, what was he so, going to do if you paid him? Yeah. Like, I know. Or he would just take it and leave. This is, I mean, this is part of the reason why my whole philosophy is do not negotiate with terrorists. And if you want to blame the person not no negotiating with them, don't be angry at me. Be angry at the terrorists. Um, but I, but luckily one of our, um, um, database engineers now, Brandon, um, had come in to help out in August of 2015 and he had downloaded a local version of the site. Oh, okay. So he restored a decent amount. There were like three months of articles or something that was not there, but man, I I know about malware, baby. Yep. (laughs) I know about getting hacked. It is the worst, worst feeling uh, it's and, terrible. And, it, 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 it yeah. was really indescribable. And and the good feeling, at least for me, it would have been worse for you with the forecast was so much kind of on the line with that. For me, I could have been like, all right, I'll just restart it. Like, it's not that big of a deal as long as the site and the new daily articles are there, then it's okay. You know, like I didn't really right, need the right. season articles of 2015 to feel like the site was good or bad. I mean, I'd be more upset now because sure. there's just so much more involved. But back then I was like, okay, this is not the worst thing ever. But it still just blew my mind. And felt like, like it at the time. And yeah, there are some bad dog. people out there. <laughs> yeah. And I felt bad for, really for the other writers who had already oh, sure. written stuff. I'm like, I want them to be on their thing, you know? So, man, that, that is a good one, Ray. Uh, I'm glad that you didn't have the Russian malware attack affect you. Who, I mean, did you tell the writer, but like, hey, man, you've attached malware to this? Like, Oh, he felt so bad. I, oh, my gosh. And I, and I, and I, gave, him, I gave him crap about it for years. He's... Uh, he he actually passed away a few years ago, so I oh gosh, I'm so sorry. It, but um, <laughs> we're having a we're having a little death thing here. Uh, but yeah, it was Rob Carroll who was a, a writer mm-hmm. of ours for a long time. Yeah, um, and just the nicest guy, just a oh just my a, gosh, a wonderful human being, and like you know, carried that guilt for a long time, even though yeah. sure, even though I sure assured him that you know, twelve hours later we were fine and there was no harm done. He was just he was just heartbroken about it. Sure. Oh man. Um, and, and Ray, I mean, you've been there, I guess now for almost 25 years, uh, and it's going on that. Yeah. Yeah. And so what would you say? I mean, when you think of like all the things you've accomplished with it, uh, obviously, you know, you can say now, like what you've done over the past 25 years is the biggest accomplishment. You can probably say stuff about how you've run first pitch Arizona, but is there really just kind of one project that you worked on one article that you wrote one thing that you helped baseball HQ get to? That would you say you're your proudest of over the years? I mean, it's got to be the forecaster, right? Just it was uh-huh. such a you know an honor when I was here when um, Ron Chandler back in. I'm looking at my bookshelf trying to figure out what year it was. It was probably around 2003 or four when he. Decided. You're looking at all the forecasters. I, right I literally am. Yeah, yeah they're literally yeah. over my head. Absolutely. Um, but it was probably around 2003 or four where up until then the book was literally a one man production. Like Ron oh, wow. did it like every word, the entire That's book unbelievable. where he 2003 or four, where he actually finally broke down and asked for help. Right. Yeah. And brought in a couple of writers to, you know, farm out some pages and like, you know, 
as he probably put it at the time, provide some fresh innings out of the bullpen, right? Sure. But he was just trash in like yeah. mid-October trying to get through this. Um, but to watch that go through, uh, you know, to get my hands on a couple of pages and be like, oh, I get to like, you know, actually like, you know, drop these words at the forecaster to now have, I now in the workflow have like the, uh, like the next to last edit before Ron on the, uh, on the entire um, projection set, all the player commentaries and everything. And I'm like every year it's um, don't get me wrong. It's an incredible amount of work in a six week beat grinder, but it's also, I can tell I'm still, you know, I still have more in me and I'm still passionate about it because like, yeah. I, still get, I still get excited about it every year. It is Absolutely. just such a, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a ton of work, but it's such a cool experience too. And I still get a, I still literally get butterflies every October when I'm doing that. <laughs> That's really cool. I, I love that answer. Um, and yeah, you should be really proud of that. That's such a staple. Um, every year I get, uh, I always feel a little spoiled now that I get one, uh, you know, in, uh, in the mail for, for first pitch Arizona. Uh, and uh, another I, I perk of email. coming to Arizona yeah, is there it is. Uh, I get, I get my 2024 books are included in your registration price. Yeah, right? and uh, the you know the best the best overlooked thing I think is kind of the the opening articles are great, um, really good stuff. Just kind of outline all the different stats and every uh, all the little strategies about the year and stuff. Really, really valuable. And there's um, going to be a lot of meat on that bone this year. You talk, you know, I'm sure we'll cover it in the forecaster. I'm sure we'll cover it in Arizona. But you know, we're gonna, you know, I think. You know, we spent all of last off season kind of speculating about what the effects of the new rules were going to be. And mm-hmm. now, you know, you I think it's it. easy to say we have the answers, but we don't have the answers, right? We have the year one answers and sure, yeah. figuring out, you know, how year two is going to be different than year one, I think is in many ways a more going to be a more interesting conversation because we were a little bit, you know, just guessing in the wind last year and now we're actually going to have some data to work with and figure yep. out you know someone's going to figure out i we haven't had the chance yet or I it's always Derek cardi Derek cardi is the answer who's going to figure it out it's going to yeah, be Derek cardi, cardi. But, <laughs> but someone's going to figure out like were pitcher injuries actually affected by the pitch clock right you know there's a yeah lot i don't of think so anecdata about that now but i'm going to say no come november someone's going to actually do the definitive study on right that. i can't right, wait of course um yeah i've been i've been hearing a lot of of that kind of stuff about certain pitchers like oh i think the pitch clock's getting to him or something like how do you no i i can't i can't i personally can't really assign that as all the millions of variables of like why players are better or worse um but that's just me i'm sure i'm looking forward to all those articles actually telling me from the raw data of what i should be sensing a heated arizona panel right now Uh, we'll see uh you know uh, you're, you're actually reminding me of uh, how heated I feel reading some of these pitching blurbs. I just cannot agree with them inside <laughs> of the forecaster, Ray. Now nah, I'm just messing around. Hey, you keep uh, threatening like that. You're going to end up getting a couple of pages in your Yeah, inbox, right. I'm like, oh, fine. You know. <laughs> Here, I'll no. do it myself. <laughs> yeah, I'll just do it. Whatever. I'll make my own forecaster. <laughs> no. Um, the, uh, I got to say, some of the fun times really are like the panel. I remember a distinct one. I think it was first pitch Florida in 2021. If you guys did that, maybe you didn't do it there. Maybe it was, I think this is right though. Maybe it was 2022 actually first pitch Florida. I think that's you guys did that. And I think I was there and I remember being on one about streaming pitchers with Derek Cardi. Um, I had given the previous year a presentation about like my art of streaming pitchers, which was, that was back in like 2020, um, which is just about like what the process is, how I go about it. And I'm very much about like, I am so different than your t- standard analyst of like, yeah, the numbers of like the starts and stuff. I'm like, no, 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 no. I need to craft a puzzle and a narrative, really, like a story of like how they do the things that they do. It's weird. Uh, I like being weird. Oh, it yeah. means that you can Narrative based arguments are not going to go well with Cardi, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no. So that's that's the thing, though. It was a really fun conversation, and we agreed with so much okay. about like about like you know pitch quality kind of stuff too, and um, uh, opponents and stuff. And I was pretty much just like, are they good? Are they like in rhythm and stuff and everything? And then great. How's the opponent? The opponent says, and that's pretty much like, that's how you stream them, guys. That's it. And then I stopped and I said, I have this huge thing against home road splits. I think home road splits are stupid because it's off. It's just like random grouping. It's oftentimes when you look at first half versus second half, again, yeah, random cool. grouping. You get 10 things and you just, you, you put them into two groups. Um, very often is it exactly five and five. It's sometimes like, different you know it's just never going to be like as easy as a 4.5 ERA right here we're in a 4.5 ERA right over here it's usually not um so cardi i said this to cardi i was like 
home road splits are dumb though. I, I know you're going to disagree with this, but you, I think home road splits are dumb. And he goes, no, I agree too. And I go, what? <laughs> and he right. goes, well, yeah, park factors are what matter. Home road sure. splits are dumb. And I literally were in front of a panel of like, I don't know, like 40 people or something like that. And, uh, and I stop it and I say, I'm sorry, everyone. Derek, can you do me a favor? Can you go on Twitter right now and tweet out home road splits are dumb? <laughs> and he did it. I think this is actually 2021 uh, first pitch Arizona. And he did it right then. And it was made me so happy. <laughs> That's awesome. It was like, I think that might be like my favorite panel moment that I had. Uh, because then he got all these tweets. It was actually during football season. So this is why yeah, it was Arizona. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I got all these tweets, all these tweets, but like, what? Like the home football crowd is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Derek's like, what did you make me do? <laughs> yeah, right. It was, oh, I loved it so much. Um, oh man, those are great times. You guys got to come to first page Arizona. Uh, but uh, I do want to talk uh, less about specifically HQ. I want to sp- talk more about Ray Murphy, your actual interest outside of baseball and, and what you do. We're going to talk about all of those things after this break. All right, we're back with Ray Murphy, Baseball HQ. Of course, you know, they're listening to this podcast. This is not a radio show. Anyway, uh, Ray Murphy, we're going to talk about your uh, your personal hobbies, stuff like that. So very basics here. Uh, what kind of music do you listen to? Um, depends what I'm doing. Uh, I have, I bounce around between, uh, you know, your classic um, white, baseball writer of a certain age being a Springsteen fan. Right. Oh, um, I see. You know, so there's, you know, there, there's the cliche part of it. Right. Um, when I'm writing the forecaster is I usually get immersed in um, 80s hard rock, you know, a lot mm. of, uh, there's a lot of Def Leppard and. Oh yeah. So a lot of like the hair metal crank. stuff. Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot of 80s, 80s and 90s hair metal when I'm banging out the forecast. Van Halen. All, Van Halen repeat. all all night. Yeah. yeah all the time. Absolutely. That is so good. Um, you know, which and that'll translate more recently and you know if i you know let the catalog you know drift toward the more the more modern you get some killers and stuff in there I'm sure do you, do you get do you do extreme at all yeah a little yeah oh, man. You, know, you gotta listen to a porno graffiti is just yep. insane yep. their latest two albums also sausages of rock oh that's like yep. nuna bencourt Mm-mm-mm. and then there's um you know and but then it's summer now so i had a uh i had a college roommate who was a giant uh Jimmy Buffett fan, which got into oh really comes out a couple times a year. So uh, sure, I'm so I'm sort sort of in season for that right now. Absolutely. Uh, and, and do you play it all? Oh God, no. I have not, <laughs> not not a musical you know cell in my oh, body. God no. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would never suggest that, Nick. <laughs> do you know me at all? No, it's actually a funny story. I'm when trying I'm, to learn you, Ray. <laughs> I so I have we haven't talked about my kids. I have twin eleven uh, year old daughters and. Um, one of them um, got exposed to the drums in school and started taking oh. some drum, le- drum lessons and starts working me over. It's still, it's still working me over this summer about wanting to get a drum set. You got to do it. You and can get an electric one. So here's, the, you know, I've had this conversation with her teacher, but the, the, the takeaway, but the takeaway moment I had was, you know, I took her to a lesson and usually I just sit out in the car and yeah. you know, fool around on my phone for half an hour. Right. And when she's working me over by the drum set, she tells me to I should come in and talk to the teacher. So one day with five minutes left in the lesson, I, I'm walking inside um, and I can hear her as I'm outside. And I'm like, damn it. She's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, you got to do it. I'm oh, like, that's such a good thing. I mean, I'm like one, where did that come from? Because yeah. it's not come from either me or my wife. Yeah. Um, but part two is like, all right, I'm probably going to have to do it at some point. Cause the I, way I see I, it, I, I, can is... tell, I hear talent cause I know I don't have it. <laughs> I don't recognize it in others. I, I'm very much about, <laughs> I'm very much about, uh, especially kids, like young kids, if they get themselves into some, anything that is like skill oriented, um, in any way, like embrace that. That is that is a rare thing. A lot of, I uh, I see it a lot, especially as like a coach, um, where oh, kids yeah. just like don't have any passion, uh, and they don't have like the thing that they want to really be doing. Yeah, and if the they latch onto it, it doesn't that feel like actually, work. Then yeah, hundred percent. Right. Yep. And they want to actually like craft it, and they really want to get into it and be detail oriented, and really have that expression of them is like, Oh man. So yeah, you heard that she was good and wasn't just like some phase or something. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, actually uh, that. Actually, and you're like, all right, there, so there what is it? There. I'm going to have to change it. I'm going to have to stop saying no reflexively. Yeah. Right. Uh, how I old haven't is said she? Yes. Yeah. But I've stopped saying no reflexively. That's, there pro- it is. that's progress. Right. <laughs> yeah. How old is she? 11. Oh man. Get, get it going. Uh, all I'm excited for. Uh, 
I'll send some albums you can listen to, okay? Uh, there's some, oh, I know some well, great no, drummers. I was, I was talking about this with, uh, bringing it full circle, I was talking about this with Brent because Brent is a drummer. I, oh, I did right? not know until I was I didn't get him. that on, on out of his you podcast. Did, oh, man. Brent, yeah, yeah. Oh, you did me a disservice, Brent. Okay, I did. That's on me. <laughs> you gotta I gotta ask I the right questions, that. man. I know, you never know. Um, now, did you go, did they go through a recorder phase? Um, uh, yeah, there was uh, the record. Actually, they avoided the recorder phase. They got, um, they both had a, vi- it was violin. Oh, violin. Oh, that's much more intense. I mean, it's, it's usually a recorder because it's the cheapest way to teach like the yeah. basics of Here's a piece of plastic, melody. play some music with it. Right, but then it, what happens is that the parents suffer yes. because it's just like the most ridiculous things that you have to hear around the house now. Um, as they practice, as I do. It's actually, uh, actually a fascinating um, study in like the drug trade that like my, the kids school district does. Like, I think it was in second grade, they gave them like free violin rentals and lessons for the year. It was the classic drug dealer, like here, the first one's free. So like mm-hmm. everybody did it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there was some ungodly noises made out of vi- violins in the, that year, right? And what, but the, my one daughter who, you know, has some musical inclination stuck with it for a few years and now is transitioning to the drums, so God help me. Electric, like you said. Once I was told that you could do it with headphones, I was like, okay, now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so so moving moving away from music now, uh, you know, outside of baseball and everything like that, what is like, what would you say you are the biggest nerd about these days? Like the biggest thing that you like, you're so passionate about, you want to get out off of your chest. You know, I had Derek Van Riper on here, and he was just like, I cannot stand that people just lean so far back in their seats. It drives me insane. <laughs> And, uh, and I'm like, you know what? You're right. Like, I actually don't lean back in my seat. I don't feel like I need to do it. I feel like it makes a better experience for everybody. Also, it's better posture, everything. It doesn't do much. Um, but is there something like that for you where you're just like, society, please get it together. You need to know this. Um, is there, I don't know. My passions are pretty limited to, you know, outside of baseball and, uh, 12 you girls softball there's you know i don't i don't get i don't get a lot of time anymore so yeah well that's fair i mean are you able to, to play any video games anymore or is that just a college um, you thing? know it's funny i actually just quite here's this might become a um this might become a passion for me um i actually just a week or two ago i picked up an oculus oh is that right um and the oculus golf game is like which one life uh golf plus it, it, it is life-changing like is it really i'm like a lost you know somewhere in my past golfer i used to golf Mm -hmm. not well but often sure and you know that's one of the things that fell off the um fell off the side of the boat when i had twin babies um and i haven't really gotten back to it but i picked up the oculus and like the golf is unbelievably realistic and i'm like oh man this might actually be the end of me (laughs) (laughs) uh it's it's so funny I, I think golf, like someone says, hey, do you do you like golf? Do you play golf? And you go, no, I like to be happy. And <laughs> yes. the idea that now you can be unhappy inside your own home just sounds so great. Uh, no, it's uh, I'm happy that you have found that with Oculus. I, I'm actually really curious about all that stuff. Um, I've always thought to myself, like, I need to get one of them. I used to be so into video games, uh, especially when I was a kid. It was for me, actually, I think about the way that, that it, it was very important for me to have the ability to problem solve constantly um and actually i think trained me a lot to in the way that i want to think that i think is so overlooked when you think about kids playing video games um it just presents uh, presents challenges and simulation in a way that other things just don't uh which is great now there can be addictive sides doing everything of course you need to manage yeah, pros it, and but, cons, sure but the pros yeah get but there are right. those things actually really help me and I, uh, so these days I don't really play it that much. I only play like the best things. And I find this actually a lot is one of my mantras is everything in moderation where there's so much good stuff in the world now. Like it is really remarkable how just even like 50 years ago, the amount of ways to entertain yourself were so limited. Yeah, like you, you had, had a television two, four and seven box, and books, right? Yeah. <laughs> And, and like you had a box that was like, yeah, those those TV channels, right? And that's it. Whatever those were, that's all you had. So you were forced to enjoy. It's actually why I think that baseball um, has had its ups and downs because you were forced to watch baseball when you were younger. Yep. Everyone, that's what you had. And now there's just like endless other 
things that it's not all of a sudden in tune with the American home, right? Uh, so, so, so for, to say that, like, so with video games specifically, there's like thousands of games every year, and I just take like one here and there and stuff, and I haven't done VR because there's just so many other things to do. Uh, and I would be consumed by it. My gosh, I, like, it looks I'm so teetering on the brink of that. It's you know, I'm, yeah. I'm literally in week three, but I'm like, you know, I, it's literally at the point where I'm, you know, kind of structuring my day to make sure I have some time right. blocked out to get onto it. And I'm like, we're gonna have the best time in retirement homes, Ray. Yeah, it's gonna be so great. Like it's, it's, awesome. it's like it's so funny. I, I understand right now, like a lot of there's a lot of negativity about them because it kind of feels like oh, you know, you're getting you're being abandoned almost and that kind of thing, which I totally get. And you have to have the conversation with everybody that does it. But I'm just kind of like, no, I can't wait to just like hang out with friends. <laughs> like I'm older I, and be in that place and just play all this stuff and be taken you know, care of. Like, that sounds know, great. Br- bringing it back to the fantasy baseball world. Like I, there's actually a running joke in one of my leagues. I, you know, there's, I'm in a score sheet league. You'll play in your retirement home. with. Yeah. And we're like, we all like, this league is like as low stress as you can get. It's like barely keeping the lights on. Like we manage to cobble together yeah. a draft and like we do like the bare minimum all year long, but it's a way for us to keep in touch. Right. But we're right. all kind of said the same thing. Like when we retire, this league is getting so damn cutthroat again, you know, you know, what's right. Yeah, right. over work and kids and all that stuff. And, you know, and it becomes like the outlet it was like when we were all in our early twenties and mm-hmm. trash talk and all that in our seventies, it's going to be just like that again. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, is there like a, um, a special event for your draft for that league? Um, it, it, every couple of years, you know, it's uh-huh. happened a couple of times, but uh, we can't get it together every year. So it's um, every now and then we do uh, do actually get an event together, but it's uh, it's an irregular occurrence. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I have this vision of this bar where we have a venue that we would actually have like private fantasy drafts that we would announce for people like live as it's happening in front of us. Uh, and like we would get like the league history and everything. We would have like the bullet points of like certain trends of people. Like this guy has to get Javi Baez every year, you know, like you're Whatever the gym, like these guys are having their draft, but you're like Jim. Like literally in like our venue where like, it would be yeah. like our studio. Nice. And we would be, have cameras on, we would live stream it. You know, they would be there like on TV essentially. And we would be in suits, be like, all right. And welcome today to the, you know, Totally. Like I did this, I did this as a PitchCon prize two years ago. Uh, Alex and I did a a fantasy draft, which was a super fun. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just like it was happening live, and we were just live streaming it. It was it was ridiculous, and they were having a blast because they could see how we would react to every single pick. You know? <laughs> and it's that kind of content and stuff. Like, and like yeah, like that just sounds so fun, and oh, totally. you know, to bring in leagues like yours, be like, all right, guys, like come on down, and we'll we'll cover yours. You know, um, that just sounds super super great. Uh, but running out of time, and Ray, this has been an absolute pleasure to, uh, you know, to get to know you a little bit more, um, to know that you don't play the drums and that Brent does. It's just really amazing. Um, but uh, I have one question I ask everybody, and that is, what mantra would you say that you live by? I think the closest thing I have to a mantra is, it's not a problem until it's a problem. Mm. Um, you know, I, I see, you know, to translate that into... English, obviously, you can do it yourself. But to me, uh, I just see so many people worrying about things that haven't happened yet. Yeah. You know, in, in any aspect of their life. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that looks really bad. But, you know, if it actually happens, I'll deal with it when it does. Right. And sure, there's probably, you know, what, tying that to your motto of all your, your mantra of all things in moderation, you could probably take mine too far and, you know, end up going through life reactively and not being prepared for anything that's around a corner or over the horizon. Right. But uh, my sort of default sense is that people spend too much time worrying about stuff that hasn't happened yet and may never actually happen. So if it does actually happen, I'll deal with it then. But I try not to waste too many brain cycles on hypotheticals. I think that's great. I mean, live in the now um, and focus on that and make that fantastic. And uh, also, I think that requires um, a bit of security in your own ability to fix, uh, sure. which that's I think fair. is, but I think that's a skill that everyone should uh, strive to have. That's a very, very important one. I would say that's and actually- I can take an, that a step further and say, I think yeah. everyone's ability to you know, deal with those things when they happen is probably better than they're giving themselves credit for, right? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. I would, uh, I would argue that it is one of the- uh, most important parts of maturity is to be able to be able to say that about yourself. 
um, as well. So for you to say that, and not only that, like establish that you have that, but to call it even a mantra, I think it speaks a lot about you, Ray, which is a very good thing. So, so I love that. Uh, that's a great answer. And it's not a problem unless it's a problem. That's a good one to add to the list. Uh, but Ray Murphy, thank you so much uh, for being here today. By the way, with a name like Ray Murphy, of course you became a Red Sox fan. I don't know how I didn't make that joke before. <laughs> you got but, it uh, in under the wire, so it's still got coming. it in there. You know, that, that's it. When we write, you don't know when we make the jokes. Um, it's just there at publication. Um, but, uh, but anyway, Ray, is there anything else that you want to talk about and, and plug, of course, uh, before we sign off today? That's about it. This was super enjoyable, Nick. I'm glad we finally connected. We to did this. it. And, uh, I can't wait to see you in person, uh, November 2nd in Arizona. Oh, it's going to be some super fun. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, thank you all so much for, for tuning in for Nick Pollock and friends. I'm hoping to do more of these, uh, regularly, but, uh, make sure you subscribe, of course, to the channel, um, when, uh, so you don't miss any of them. But that is it. So uh, my name is Nick Pollock, and that was my friend, Ray Murphy.